by the way, amen. And I began to look and God began to speak to me over in the book of 2 Samuel in chapter number five. In the book of 2 Samuel in chapter number five, we'll begin reading in verse number 17 when finding your place, if you would stand, the reverend, the reading of God's word this evening. 2 Samuel chapter number five, y'all pray for my voice. I don't know how long it's gonna hang on this evening. 2 Samuel chapter number five, the Bible says, but when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David and David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim and David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up to the Philistines Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Belperzam, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Balperazim, and there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then thou shalt bestir thyself from them. Shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines? And David did so as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. That's verse 17 through verse 25, if correctly read. Our Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, tonight, God, that you'd anoint us, Father, from the throne on high. Lord, I pray, Father, you'd eliminate my mind. I ask, God, that you'd loose my lips. Father, I cannot do it without you, God. I need thee tonight. Father, I need a holy anointing tonight, Father, to be able to get this across, Lord. And how you've spoken to me, God, and I thank thee, God, that you still speak to us. Father, you still guide us through your word, Father, and I'm thankful, God, for my Bible. And Lord, what it shows me, Father, as I read. And God, I pray, Father, tonight that you'd anoint the hearing, Father, of your people. I pray, God, that you would help them, God. You know the need, and you know where they're at. Father, I pray, God, that you'd do a God thing for these people tonight. I pray you'd move in a great and mighty way. And help us, Father, as only you can. In Jesus' name, we humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. With the Lord being our helper this evening, I want to preach on this thought. Deliverance through obedience. Deliverance through obedience. As I heard this morning, I began to sit and listen at all the testimonies and all the things that people was testifying, thanking God for, and I began to realize just what current state we're in here at Bethel and just how many people struggling like they are. And I begin to think of how that relates with everything going on in the world today 
and how the world is struggling, but I begin also to think how God continues to do God things and just really show himself and how big he really is. And I thank God for that. I thank God how he's helping us individually each and every day and he's meeting every need and he's answering prayers and he's touching our young people and blessing our school and blessing this church and touching our pastor and I thank God for that, I really do. And I begin to realize and I begin to think as I was studying today about where we're going to be. I, I was jumping over in the book of Daniel and looking around. I was coming running through the Psalms and God began to deal with me about deliverance through obedience. And God spoke to me and said, he said, if they'd just be obedient, I'd deliver them and get them out of this mess they're in. So I want to preach to you tonight just for a little while and look in here in 2 Samuel chapter number five. And we'll begin in verse 17. I see first of all, here we see a daring opposition. In verse 17, the Bible says, but when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David and David heard of it and went down to the hole. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them in mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. We see here, first of all, this daring opposition that the Philistines are. They're, a, they're a, a, an immigrant people. They're a people that is really wayfaring. They just kind of roam to and fro, uh, going through and really just giving, wreaking havoc on God's people, wreaking havoc on, on Israel, seems like so on over and over and time again in the Bible. But we see here as they have understood that David has became king, they've anointed king, uh, David over Israel and say, why are they coming after David? Because David, in the time he was running from Saul, he ran over into the Philistine country and kind of uh, abided with them people just for a little while, just until he could kind of get, let the air clear, let the heat lay off of him just a little bit. He could kind of go back home. So they didn't like David to begin with. But we see as we come in to the middle half of chapter number five here as we see so many things. We see how uh, God has slayed Ishbosheth and brought his head to David and how we see there not only that uh, how God has blessed uh, David here and he's come to be the point of king and we see here so many things we come into verse 17 and we see how the Philistines is running him down they're coming in to him it says David heard of it and went down into the hold that hold there is a net or a, or a holding place down in the bottom of the castle I begin to think as I was studying there is David I think he had, might have had a lot on him he'd just been anointed king over Israel he just been put into this high position of power. He just put in uh, to this high position of having authority and making decisions. And David had a lot on his plate like many of us do. And I begin to think what in tarnation is David doing? Going way off down in the underbanks in the belly of the castle, in the belly of the lowest place trying to hide from these people. Bless God, David's got God on his side. Why is David worrying? Why is David going to hide? Why is David acting like he's struggling? And I begin to and God began to reveal to me that there's a couple things David did I believe I believe first of all I believe David went down into the bottom there to get a hold of God I believe David got along with God he went down to the lowest parts of the castle where they ain't really nobody likes to hang out nobody likes to go into the dungeon do you? I don't like to go in the dungeon but that's one of the creepiest places I don't like to go that's my grandma's basement I hate going down there 
I don't like to spend my time in the basement in the dark. That's foolish. As I began to think, I thought, what in the world? Is David going down there? And God said, I've sent him down there. And I believe he did. I believe God sent David, put an urge on his heart to get along with God and go down in the bottom. And he knows that the Philistines, I'm talking the Philistines, are wicked people. Are people come after you, cut your head off, cut your legs off. I mean, they just don't care. That's what they are. But they're coming after David, I believe. And we see here as David went down into the bottom, and I believe he went down to get a hold of God. And that's what he did. I see this opposition. As they come, they're looking for him. And the flesh teeth, their people come up and take residency. They don't care. They just come in and kind of act and go about how they want. But the Bible says, second half verse 17 says, And David heard of it and went down into the hold. It says the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. I think about when David got in there, I think about he started the three-step method, the ask program. I think about how he got down there, says he asketh. Here we see in verse number uh, 20, or verse number 19, the Bible says, and David inquired of the Lord. He asked. He went and got a hold of God. David got down in the lowest part where it's just him and nobody else. You ever been in that spot in your life where you needed to get a hold of God and you went off and got along with just you and God? Got this ass program. He went down and A, he got a hold of asketh. Lord went and inquired of God. Are there some times in our life and it might be right now that we need to get the ask program in our life. We need to get along with God because the enemy has once again, and I'm telling you, the devil's got a radar and he knows when God's trying to bless you. He knows when God's building up a big old joy basket, a prayer basket, a help basket, a people basket, or just blessings upon blessings. Maybe it be a church member coming speaking to you. Maybe it's somebody wanting to pray for you. But the devil can see when God's fixing to do that. I mean, the devil's well aware of what's taking place. And I believe the devil's well aware God's fixing to do something big for David. So what's he do? The devil sends the Philistines over and God allows it. We got to realize God allows some things to get us in a spot where we get back to how we used to, how we used to get a hold of God. God ain't never changed. God ain't never changed the way he speaks to us. God ain't changed the way he gets a hold of us. He's the same. We're the ones that's changed. We're trying to read new Bibles and, and go about and dance and kick and woo. Bless God, there ain't nothing wrong with the songs and what's going on, but we got to get back to learning how to read our Bible and interpret what the Bible said. We can hear God speak. How you do that, you got to ask. I believe David went down in the hole there in the dungeon. And I believe he asked God. As a matter of fact, it says in verse 19, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying. Second of all, under this daring oppression, I think David seeketh. He seeketh the Lord, said, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Question mark. David asked. Rung a phone to God. He rung a phone. God picked it up and said, David, he said, Lord, should I go up to the Philistines where they're at? He went seeking after God. Now, like us being read in the prayer room tonight, the Bible said the Lord knows what you stand in need of before you even ask. We gotta pick the phone up. The Lord doesn't know what position David was in. The Lord doesn't know how many people was over there with the Philistines. 
The Lord doesn't know their plan. The Lord doesn't know their circumstance situation. And God doesn't know what David needed. Oftentimes, God doesn't know what you need. He does. God knows exactly where you're at tonight. God knows what your struggles like a preacher said this morning. Why are you worrying? What are you worried about? I'm telling you, God wants to deliver you out of this situation. But you gotta be obedient. We gotta go asking what God did. We gotta go asking, Lord, show up. And then we gotta seek, God, what would you have me to do? How many times do we run into situations? Now listen, I'm, I'm world's worst. You listen to what I'm thinking say, I am the world's worst to run headstrong into situation and never even pray about it. How do you expect the Lord to deliver your preacher out of a situation when I can't? I mean, I've got, if I'm going to be delivered, I've got to have the same obedience that you've got. I'm not on a pedestal. I am not on another level up here than you are. I'm on the same ground you are. Your pastor's on the same. We've got to have the same level of obedience you do. But I see David here. As he come and he asked the Lord, said he inquired of him. The Lord likes it when we go inquiring of him, right? And then he said he seeketh after him. He said, Lord, he said, should I go after the Philistines? Should I go hunting after them? Should I go do what, what, what I need to do? Go up there and smite them? Do you want me to go do that? We see the K here in ask. We see he's asked. We see he's seeking. He seeketh. And we see David knocking. Here it says, shall I go up uh, the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into my hand? David's went asking, he's went seeking, now he's knocking. Lord, will you deliver them into my hand? God, I'm in a predicament. God, I'm in a circumstance. God, I'm in a situation. Will you put them in my hand? He's done all three things right. And we see here what God says. God says, the Lord said unto David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. When you go to asking, the Lord's going to go answering. I'm just telling you. If you ask, God's going to answer. It may not be the answer you want, but God will answer. We see here, as we come down into verse number 20, I see second of all, I see the destined overpowerment here. The Bible says, and David came to Baal-Prezim, and David smote them there, and said, the Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-Perzim, which is interpreted means a gap, or excuse me, means a breaking forth or like a, like a, just a whole certain place in the water. It's a, that Baal-Perzim means the Lord breaks. Okay, but it says here he's found a breach that the Lord came through like a breach. What's water do? When water finds a crack, water makes a way. When you see a dam fail, it's because there's been a breach in the system. Somewhere in construction or somewhere over time, there's been a breach or a crack and that water comes through and when water gets together, water is very forceful. That's like the Lord. When the Lord lets turns loose, really, I mean, when you let the Lord be God, 
and you let God do God things, it's amazing what God will do. But oftentimes, we limit God. And so much as your situation right now, now listen, I'm coming around for a circle, hang with me. But we limit God to the point that we never see God break loose because we're keeping God herded up in one crack. We're not letting God be God. We see here, it says in verse 21, says in the latter half of verse 20 says, And the Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baalperazim, and there they left their images, and David and his men burnt them. So we see now, David's came and he's asked, Lord, I'm in a predicament. God, I'm in a circumstance. God, I need your help. And God said, all right. He said, I'll give you what you're asking for. He said, I'll let you defeat them. I'll send you down to the place. He come down to the place where the Lord breaks. The Lord showed up and God helped David to take on and, and just, I mean, just flatter the Philistines and who was left, left out and left all their idols said, David and his men burned them. They burned them. But this is a two-part two part story. I see here, thirdly, I think about here in verse number 22, and I'll be done. The Bible says, And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the hosts of the Philistines. Now I won't read verse 25 just yet, because I believe the Lord's letting all this happen for a reason. Once again. I believe David, first of all, came and I believe David, he went about some things the right way, but I believe that's just a small little bit there that David was still trying to do himself. I believe God will help him and God will do that for us, but you're fixing to see what happens when you turn loose and let God be God. Well, I mean, we're really gonna see what's gonna take place here. In verse 22, said the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. I believe God brought them back because God's fixed to show David and God's fixed to show us here at Bethel what God can really do. The Bible said in verse 23, when David inquired of the Lord, he said, thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. Now you think about this now. David once again with the S method went and seeketh after, asketh God, and he seeketh after him. Went a knock and said he inquired, but he, didn't, he left out whatever else maybe took place and he inquired and God stopped him and said, listen, hold up now. Let me show you how we do things here in heaven. He said, here's what's gonna take place. He said, you go get you a compass and that means to go get around and get behind. He said, you go over and get behind the mulberry trees and you just hang tight just for a second. He said, when you hear the sounds of a going atop across the mulberry trees, and man, I, I, I just tried to sit and think about what that might have sounded like. I mean, if we just really let God be God, 
and this situation, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through or what you're struggling, what you're facing. Face one thing I've learned, if you just let God be God, man, oh man, what God could do. I'm I'm being serious. If we'd let God be God, I mean, I've seen more people showing up this morning. Thrills my soul. See the church start trickling, filling back up. And and we're getting there. We're getting there. Trust me, we're like the first story. We went asking God and God's helping us. But it's time I believe we start really letting God be God. We start really being obedient with God. I'm talking if we'd be truly obedient 100% with God, you'd see things in your life turn around. A whole 180 going the other other direction. If you'd really let God be God in this church and in whatever seat you're sitting in, we'll call that your position. You in the second row position, brother Tom. And if you'd really let God be God in that seat you're sitting in, in that pew, think what God could do. I mean, even, even back on the back row, we gotta let God be God from the front of the church to the back of the church to the full whole realm of our life. But us at Bethel, we're like the first story right now. That's what God's telling me to say. I thought, man, this makes sense. We've seen things through COVID. God's helped us, amen. God's blessed us, amen. God's touched this church through COVID, amen. The lights are still on. The doors are still open. Thank God the vacuum and cleaners are still working on the carpet and all that's been pretty and the church has stayed up, kept up tight. Why is that? Because we asked and God heard and God answered. Now I believe God's trying to show us that it's time we truly, fully depend on God. God's done it for us so far, but I'm like the preacher. What are you worrying about? What's holding you back from really letting God be God? What are you trying to hang on to? I mean, it's gonna get to the point that God's gonna have to get you in a pickle or in a hole somewhere and he's going to make you stand over inside the mulberry bushes and let you hear the glory going by and the roarings and the going forth that he can work. And sometimes that is removing. God will remove people so God can work. We're here for one purpose, and that's God glorified, hellified, uplifted. I mean, all night, everything, just God, I mean, getting all glory for everything ever said and done. That's our only purpose here, that him glorified, souls saved for the kingdom of Christ be uplifted and grown for his glory. You ain't here to sport your leopard print or your snake shirt or your funky looking socks or your little dilly dally shoes. You're not here for that purpose, but you're here to win souls for Christ, tell people about the Lord, how good he's been, what God can do, how he can move, how good God is and how he's blessed you at your one sole purpose and if you don't never make another dime, do another thing breathe another breath but if you can tell somebody just how good God's been, just how great God is just how big God is just what all God can do and there ain't nothing too big for our God it'd be a-okay with the Lord that's just how the Lord works but I see here as we see where we need to be Verse 23, the Bible says, And when David inquired the Lord, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass from behind, or excuse me, fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir. 
And that word bestir means a decision or decide or to sharpen. When you sharpen your skills as a Christian, you make a decision whether you're going to do the right thing when nobody's looking or whether you're going to do the wrong thing, whether you're going to read your Bible when you've got a few minutes to spare or whether you're going to go on about watching your phone or whatever else you want to do. But God told David, he said, you get over at the mulberry bushes. He said, you get over there and you get around on the back side and you just hold tight just for a minute. He said, I'm fixing to do something miraculous. So I'm fixing to blow your mind. I believe David went walking over here to the mulberry bushes and I believe he's sitting in this big valley. Here in this valley means giants at Rephaim. And the Philistines, God's allowed them to come in. I'm sure they probably replenished their army, so on and so forth. And I believe David's standing there at the mulberry bushes. Now, I can't even begin to face probably a lot of flesh like we are. I think it's probably the craziest mess there was. I don't know what the Lord's doing. I don't know what's fixing to take place. We've done slaughtered these people one time. But I went and asked God. And he just told me to come stand here. And that's what we'll do. And he got standing there. And I believe there'd been a rushing mighty wind started coming. <laughs> it says that sound coming over top of the mulberry bushes is a marching noise. That's what the Bible said. That's what it means. A marching noise and a loud roar. And I'm counting again to fathom. I can remember why I can relate this to is when I was back in high school and we get on Friday night for the football game, we get pumped up and what on, they'd start screaming, carrying on, telling us how big a chicken we were and whatnot, you know, and just really sharpness trying to get us pumped up. And I've been only getting to fathom what it must have been like to stand there at the mulberry bushes. Now I get fired up when it gets time to get on with things. And I begin to think as David's probably standing there and he's hearing a marching taking place. And them, them, them peoples are coming down on the other side and they begin to have just a loud roar, just a marching. And I begin to think the hair's probably standing up on David's neck while I'm fixing to do something. But truth of the matter is, he's letting God be God. He's had to make a decision. Am I going to step out and, and do the flesh way and do what David wants to do and, and let all the Philistines see me? And God have probably judged him right there and let him gotten killed. Probably, truth been told. I don't know. But David made a decision, said, God told me to go over and stand at the mulberry bushes. And when that ruckus, that roar began to come, God told me to just stand real still and watch God be God. And I can only begin to think as the mulberry bushes, them suckers are probably starting to shake and carry on that roar and David's hair standing up on his neck and I'm sure his adrenaline's rushing a lot of time like us, right? When you get in that predicament, the devil doesn't know where you're at. The devil knows God's fixing the basket for you and God's wanting to deliver you out of the situation you're in and the devil doesn't know all that and God's fixing to do something big. You feel it in your life and I can feel it too. And the hair's standing up on the back of your neck and it's time you make a decision. It's time you decide whether you're going to stand back and let God be God or you're going to keep doing what you've done every other time and you're going to run back out in the wide open and let the devil know that you're here to try to fight him again. You ain't no match for the devil. You ain't no match for what he's got going on. God will use you when it's the right time. But right now, I believe God's trying to get us to see we've got to let God do a God thing. It's time in this nation, in this life, in this world, in this purpose, time we're in, whatever you want to call it, I'm just losing my words. But it's time we let God do a God thing. Because I believe when God gets you to a whole other field of manna, 
There's new levels with new devils. And when you get to that new field, the devil's fully aware of where you're at and what's taking place. I believe us at Bethel, we're on the verge of getting in a whole, I mean a whole other field of manna that we can partake of. And I preached a little couple weeks ago about a decision with provision. And we're about to that point. It's, it's about there, but we've got to be obedient first to get to that point to where we'll see the provision that comes from a decision. But right now, we've got to decide if we're going to be obedient or if we're just going to keep doing the same thing we've always done. I'm speaking to somebody now, and I know I am because I'm about to eat up. But I believe David's standing over against some mulberry bushes, and that roar's coming, just a big, I mean a thick roar. Things fixing to get heated up. And David's got a decision to make. The Bible says, the Lord told him here in verse number 23, said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, come upon them over against the mulberry trees, and let it be. When thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir, thou shalt decide thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. God said, you've got a decision to make. When you hear all this, if you'll make the right decision, if you'll be obedient and stay put where I've told you to stay and do what I've told you to do, David, he said, you're going to see God do a God thing. And it says here in the in verse, number, uh, verse number 25, and David did so. What did he do? I believe David made the right decision because they ain't a verse 26 or a verse 27 that says that David got killed because David disobeyed God. No, the Bible says, and David did so as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou came to Gazer. Said he done what God told him to do and God showed up and what God said, God said I'll smote the host of the Philistines. I'll whack them out. I'll kill them off. And I see thirdly, that dynamic obliteration in the last couple verses there in verses 22 through 25, we see there is there was a decision that deliverance through obedience, how David made the right decision. David sharpened himself, said, iron sharpeth iron. And you read your word. When you read the word, it'll sharpen your spiritual life. It'll sharpen your walk with the Lord. It'll draw you closer to him, draw you nigh. And I believe David done that in the off season. David done that when nobody was looking. David, had, God had to show us two times. Now granted, he had some victories beginning with in the first a little fight there, but God really wanted to show him just how big God is. And I ask you tonight, is that where you're at? Have you done fought one battle? And God gave you a little bit of victory, and God helped you, but seems like the oppression has came back, and God showed back up and said, if you just let me be God, I'm fixing to do something huge. I'm telling you, I feel like God's fixing to do something huge here at this church. But it's going to take us deciding if we're going to be obedient for God to deliver us. I don't want it to go down in the book that well, Bethel disobeyed God and, and Bethel got buried with their fathers. Like You read a lot of the Old Testament, it seems like. Seth, you come play. You stand your feet. I'm done. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you, as they spoke this morning and everybody can see and the Lord knows you're struggling with something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're battling, what's coming up, but there's a decision to be made. And if you ain't obedient what God's wanting you to do, God ain't going to deliver you in the direction that needs to be and where you need to be. God can be God. God's wanting to do something big in your life. I know He is. I'm well aware that God's wanting to do something big around this place. And I don't want to hinder Him. I ain't going to hinder Him. I'm going to get out of the way and let God be God because that's what God wants to do. And I want Him glorified, magnified, and I want to see God uplifted. He can do it. Save that lost family member. Save that son, that daughter. Get a hold of that. That person's long gone. You think ain't never coming back. If you'd be obedient with God, God bring bring a worse drunk, a worse sinner, and drag them right in this place. Will there be anybody else before we pray? Preacher, I've got a prayer request. You pray for me. Anybody? Before I pray. I see that hand all over the house. All over the house.